welcome to another episode of the Pod podcast. My guest today is Ross Alexander, who is a motivational public speaker and personal trainer from Texas, yeah? Yes, sir. I'd like you to tell me a story of some kind. So it could be anything you like, a narrative, something that happened to you, anecdote. And then I'm going to improvise a soundtrack to the story. I was a teenager through the late 90s, early 2000s. My father was paralyzed. My mom worked a few different jobs. And I'd gotten in trouble a lot as a teenager early on. I was arrested multiple times. I set myself straight, though. I found some good people to hang out with. And I knew I wanted to go to college. So I was going to be the first out of my immediate family to go to college. And I got accepted and went in. And then my first semester in college, goofed off a lot. I made bad grades. Me and my twin brother had to really care for ourselves a lot. But one thing that always kept uh, me focused was sports. There was a thing that was uh, said back then, if you didn't pass, you didn't play. So I went ahead and became a collegiate powerlifter because uh, I was a, a state qualifier in powerlifting in high school. And what powerlifting is, you take three lifts, the bench press, the squat, and the deadlift, and you compete against other lifters and whoever lifts the most wins. I was working two and three jobs the whole time I was in college to pay for my bills and so forth because I didn't have the support system to help me financially. There was also a time where I was homeless my third year into college. I had to sleep on a friend's uncle's couch for about four or five months. And then when I did find a place to move into, my car was broken into. It was just a, not the best part of town, but I would still make it to school every day. Through college, I had to make sure I studied my day never ended until about 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. at night, and I'd get up and do it all over again the next day. When I was done powerlifting, I was recruited by a classmate to do uh, collegiate cheerleading, which was different for me. You think about the pom-poms and the rah-rahs, but the cheerleading for a collegiate level is super competitive, right? You have to be strong. You have to be athletic. Fortunately, I was athletic enough. I learned how to do a backflip in uh, 10 minutes, and I was part of this really cool team, and I'm still friends with a lot of them today. I was part of one of the best teams in the country. For the fact that I made the team, I was really happy for myself and impressed myself as I really focused on that. I continued to work for myself as well. I worked for a gym. The owner had a contract with the university, and he would have classes to where we would teach the students how to lift weights properly, the proper technique, and also help program workouts for them. It's that also helped me with where I wanted to go to as far as personal training and public speaking as well, because it got me really comfortable with speaking to groups of people. Finally, starting college from the fall of 2001 and the spring of 2009, I was able to walk the stage with my bachelor's degree. I took a, eight years off and on. You have a goal, you believe in it hard enough, and you go to attain it, no matter how far that little light seems, just one day at a time, put one foot in front of the other and just don't give up. And you'll be able to achieve that goal. So in terms of a soundtrack, I'm not going to go for this idea of ascension. You're pretty down and out. You've got this quite hard existence. And then you, st you start taking up uh, weight training competitively. And instead of trying to concentrate on all those different narrative points, I'm just going to go for just ascension, you know, life ascension. Like hey, that's perfect, putting, yeah. Putting in the effort and getting something out of it. Exactly. That's why I was talking about the light of the tunnel. It's ascension. That word right there, I think, is perfect of what you described.
So what did you think of that? Dude, I love that. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, I love that, man. I simplified it a bit because I couldn't remember all of those different narrative points, but just in general, that whole college experience that you went through and all of that, that motivation to keep going. Did you find that music spoke to you in any way? You were playing and I was going through everything that I had just said and just remembering all those times. When you first start playing, it's like, okay, start from somewhere in a low place. And that's just how I felt. Like I'm going to something that's unsure, right? I'm going on my own, I'm going to college. And then it got to feel darker, right? Starting to feel the struggles. Then it went through everything's the same, right? You started playing the same notes over and over and over again. The struggles, that's my whole college life experience. Then things started coming to a lighter tone. I'm starting to see towards obtaining my goal. I'm starting to get there. I'm getting closer and closer. And then towards the very end, it was just like light. How the playing of the keys were, it just had a more of a high-pitched type of deal. The weight on my shoulders wasn't as heavy, right? When you initially started playing, there was uncertainty, but there was heaviness. Then there was a lot of heaviness. The closer you got to the end of what you were playing, I literally felt as if like bricks were being taken off my shoulders until the very end. You're just playing on air. Boom, I'm done. I'm finished with this almost decade-old goal and then graduated. I was moving up the piano slowly. I noticed that. That, Dude, that's freaking awesome, man. So you have to tell me another story, just an atmosphere you remember or just a kind of a vibe this story is about uh, the day my son was born. We were going to go pick up my mother-in-law from the airport. She was flying in from Connecticut. My wife says, my water just broke. So while we're driving, luckily, we found a cousin to pick her up. Of course, they've never met ever, right? And, you know, that she has this big Texas guy going to go pick her up in his pickup truck. My wife and her family are from Portugal. They're Portuguese. And, and she's in this huge state. And of course, it's in August. And it's super hot here in August during that time of year. My son is born. And one of the funny things that I remember is the fact that he had this little cry, this cry that even the nurses said was super unique only to him. And he comes out looking like those old troll dolls. He had so much hair. He's a different, unique, fun individual. This super smart and bright kid, very strong. This kid was doing math at the age of three. He was reading at the age of three. He's part of the Talented and Gifted program here. This kid is just way smarter than I could have ever dreamed to have been at his age. It, it was really fun as far as when he was born, bro. We had plans that day. He changed those plans that day. And do you remember what the emotion was like? Oh, man, yeah. It was, of course, happy, right? It was a bright, sunny day. And we were excited to go pick up my mother-in-law. And she didn't think we are going to have the baby. He was like two weeks early, I think. And the fact that she came in the same day that our son was born was really cool for us. But there was a lot of uncertainty. He's kind of small for his age. We have to monitor him. And so there was definitely some worry after that. But every time we held him, there was just nothing but love. So I would say excitement, uncertainty, excitement, uncertainty, worrying. Then it calmed down and we had a bunch of love there, man.
So how was that? I loved it, man. I felt everything and it smoothed out. There was parts of it where I even took it in, like I'm listening to the music that you're playing and it sounds like life is happening, right? It sounds like life is being born. It sounds just something of a new, I think it was probably the last minute and a half that those notes started playing. And I was like, that really resonates. Hmm. It's the newness. Yeah, I was always thinking about that. And that, that idea of that potential, this new being. I was almost like hypnotized just watching you play and listening to it. It just sounded so smooth. You really caught the different type of feelings that were happening, especially early on. Then it just went into this gradual tone of just settling in. And then once again, you started with the newness, the way that something was being created. That's wild that I'm getting all that from what you're playing and how the different keys and everything are just coming alive. It's also like you're playing like two or three keyboards at the same time, not even playing one. I don't know if you know anything about music theory, but let's just see with a six and a nine and it brings this sense of joy, maybe. New beginnings. Exactly, yeah. I'm watching out to maybe some hills and stuff like that. It goes up into the sky. That's how I picture that. Maybe a scene from the movie Notting Hill or something like that. And those things kind of start. <laughs> I, love, I love that movie. Notting Hill. Yeah, that kind of romantic comedy. I see what you mean. I don't tell a lot of people that, man. I've always been a rom-com guy. Dude. Just, it's one of those things if you're in a bad mood, you know what I'm saying? You see something or if you're, not, if you're like feeling down, man, there's always a happy ending. There's always lightheartedness. That's always brought me out of my funks. My sister used to watch a lot. One record. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Seen that one? Dude, when I tell you that's like my wife's family, just Portuguese. They're like similar to the Greeks. like Super similar, man. I love different types of comedy, man. Different cultures as well. From my dad's side, because I'm half Hispanic, half white. But if you wanted to deeper, like great grandparents had migrated over here from uh, Scotland and Ireland throughout the 1860s. And then in the early 1900s, my mom's side came over here from Mexico. But in between that, there was some German that kind of played a key and some Lebanese that kind of came in, or Middle Eastern kind of came in on my mom's side as well. But uh, I had to sit back and look, see how people from different cultures interact with each other. What's cool about Texas, the barbecue is a, a mix between Native American, the Africans, some of that culture, and then, of course, the German. And you can mix all that in, and you have the barbecue we have here in Texas. <laughs> So what did you get out of this podcast? What I got about it is just something really cool. I'm thinking about what my story is, and then I'm really excited to see what the type of music you're going to play outside of that. I felt hypnotized by the music you were playing. Throughout the music, I'm rewinding everything I said. I'm like, wow, that makes sense. That's a gift that you have as far as doing that impromptu like that. Uh, within seconds after me telling a story is, is super impressive and, and very talented on your part. I think just playing the music maybe opens people up. I felt more open to talk about different things from my own background personally. Do you think there's a therapeutic element to what I was doing? Hmm. Most definitely. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to therapy or whatnot. People do therapy and things come up and emotions start to stir up and so forth. And then as you're starting to play the music, there's a calmness that kind of comes about it, right? There's a calmness that comes. And of course, like I said, I got like almost hypnotized and drawn into not only the music itself, but just watching you play the keys. And so definitely therapeutic on that end. Definitely calm you down. And I appreciate it, man is there anything you want to promote i do personal training and i work with young athletes for a company called war room strength club in october i started a public speaking and motivational speaking business called war room speakers club and with that i have a website and i have a ig page and of course a facebook page the public speaking is what i'm geared towards mouth 
but I talk about overcoming obstacles, resilience, different mind shifts and mindsets that you could have. And basically the way I really talk is there's two roads you could take. You could either be a testimony from all the struggles you've been through in life, or you could be an excuse and blame everything on what you went through. And the other thing I talk about is there's a lot of people out there that do great things and they didn't have to struggle, right? They, didn't, they had what you call a pretty good life. And I also talk about, don't be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed of the fact that, that your parents might've had those struggles and they've given you the best life. And, and as long as you're a good person and you do what's right by others, it's okay to live, to live that type of life. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Oh, no problem. See you later. Take care, man. Good to meet you. Bye. Join us next week for another episode of ImproPod. Thanks for listening. Would you like to be a guest on this podcast? If you're into telling stories that inspire improvised music and exploring our relationship to music, then please get in touch. Email guest at impropod.com or send a message via the ImproPod Instagram page.